So I've been in the Skaldic spirit of doing all my Norse poetry and practicing it, and I like it a lot, uh, the, the flighting of uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I was wondering if anybody wanted to step to me oh, and challenge me no. to like a flighting battle and do like a little that. slam. I, I guess that. it's kind of like slam Absolutely. It's a rep shot. We gotta we gotta do this. Russ, get him. Uh, oh, Russ, no. yeah. So Russ, do you want me to start or do you want you to start? Uh, Why don't you start Christ. and I'll come I'll back start. at you okay. with the with the flight. Okay. I am the best at the rhymes. There is no better. Step to me, Griff, and you'll get wetter. Hey, don't fucking talk to me like that. Hey, shut up. You can't talk to me like that. Okay. Now you know I know where you went wrong there. What's there was wrong? no meter to that, and there was no rhyme to that. You're right. Russ, why don't you give me another prompt, and this time I'll do it way better, okay, and sure. I definitely won't do it bad as a joke again. My name is Russ, and I'm super cool. Step to me, Griffin, and you'll get wetter. <laughs> do you want to fight me physically? You can't talk to me like this. You think some one day historians will say, probably the funniest besties intro ever <laughs> was the one that required a knowledge of uh, obscure mini game within a, another video game that had just recently been released. Or think that's what the historians will say. Or, or, or like proper skaldic literature, which I assume all of our listeners <laughs> know a thing or two about. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best. You know what? I'm not going to step into that. I know one of the two consoles that is coming out this generation. My name is Griffin McElroy. I'm going to just call it from PlayStation 5, baby. We did it again, Cass. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best console of the week. My name is Russ Series X, Frush Dick, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in video gaming entertainment. Uh, It is a game of the year show that goes all year long. King of the Hill book club for video games. It's this show. But this week we have, it's jam-packed. It's honestly, it's hurting my brain. We have so much to talk about. I'm not going to take a long time. We're talking about the Xbox Series X and Series S, the Xbox Series and uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Chris, what's the Xbox? They already did one. <clears throat> so this is an, it's another Xbox, but it has a little more power. Um, and the Assassin's Creed that we're talking about, it's another Assassin's Creed, but it has a little more power. This episode's like a, one of those dual pack boxes of nerds, and that mm. comparison actually works on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back after this, and we're going to dive deep inside an Xbox. I bet it's hot in there. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye 
to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages, sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Who's got one? Who's got, got one? Who's got the Xbox? Clint and I both have used the Xbox Series X quite extensively at this point. Uh, uh just, just to clarify, do you have one on the way? Do you have one pre-ordered, or are you waiting? No, okay. I am a Sony crony, yeah. uh, and would, by which it means I couldn't uh I could not find one. I could not find one either. <laughs> I, st- I have, I checked this morning by Amazon uh, pre-order for the uh, PlayStation 5. Still saying I'm going to get here tomorrow before 10 p.m., but hasn't <laughs> shipped yet. So not feeling great about that one. Jeff Bezos, if you could fast track me, baby, that would be great. I uh, I email I, I used to do a podcast called the Joystick Podcast and I email my old <laughs> co-host uh, Ludwig Kietzman, my favorite. I thought we were good friends still. Uh, did I email him say send me one of the, those boxes that I'm an influencer. Didn't get, didn't get a respondione from Ludwig. <laughs> no response on that one, which he is well within his rights to do. That Absolutely. is probably the same same decision. So no, I do not have one. All I right. do not have one coming. Let's talk about. So I'm going to be pretty down on it. <laughs> so I feel Chris, better because that's Chris, the console wars, baby. Chris and Russ, y'all got the X right? I'm yes. assuming not the S. Okay, yeah. correct. Um, we've talked about it. I think the past couple episodes, but we. I think I feel like the. The, the limiters are off, and uh, we can really talk about whatever, because now everybody can have one. Can we, can, find well, one. Can, can we talk yeah. well, almost everybody? Can we talk about the box itself first? Sure. Yeah. sure. I think it's a fine I, place I, to start. I spent a lot of time, I think it was the last episode of the episode before, I spent a lot of time talking about the PlayStation 5 tower, the enormity yeah. of it, the, like, just great, the, like... The curves. The curves, The it's an ice cream sandwich. I talked a lot about it. So I was expecting something like at least quasi comparable when the Xbox showed up. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't say that I love the Xbox box design, but put it next to the PlayStation, and it is like, like a warm cup of cocoa for me. Right. Mm, it's a yeah. box. Like you it's know, just you a know fucking box. What it is? It's, it's just a fucking box. What about the box that it? Uh, arrives in oh, what, what it, tell me job. about the xbox box box Plant. it's so nice this this is a stupid thing because uh none of this matters because you forget it 10 minutes after you've opened the boxes the ps5 comes in a box and it's like i don't know wrapped in plastic <laughs> congratulations wrapped in plastic. wrapped in plastic the xbox series x they spent so much money trying to make it feel like luxury brand it very much is influenced mm. by this new trend of like, oh, you are the elite. You've opened this and, and, it, and it kind of lifts towards you and sits in this perfect little chamber. I mean, it has, mm. it's uh, surrounded by a little marketing pamphlets. It's like the best fucking Trapper Keeper ever. Like, yeah. it's got those little pockets. It's got little tear love points. That. It just, love this. it's now, very high quality. Did they ship it? Did they ship it in something separate, in a separate container when it came your way? So the, the Xbox Was came in, in an Xbox box? box, which came in an Xbox, uh, Xbox box. 
So is it an X? So you got it in an Xbox box box box. Yeah, this is I, hysterical. I, I, I know I probably shouldn't spend so much time in the review on this, but that box was not as good. Okay. Our, <laughs> our audience is going to turn on us so quickly if we don't actually talk about the box within the box box box. When the truck was transporting it, it was a box. When it was truck. in a shipping crate right. over from China. Would you say it was in an Xbox box 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 box? Well, there was. You know how Amazon uses third-party companies sometimes it was actually shipped in al's bigs box xbox box box um okay. and then they pulled it out anyway I'm here's how the mine. xbox box works now if you attempted to oh fight God. the no, truck no, no, that no, was no, carrying no, no, them no, no, over no, no. would you that would that would you be boxing an xbox box 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 here's how the xbox works the xbox series x is a considerably more powerful xbox one effectively right now they both play all the same stuff here is the selling point for the Xbox Series X. Hey, would you like to have all the amenities that people have had in PC gaming for the past, I don't know, three to five years? And you'd like to have it pretty comparably cheaper uh, and just have it plug into your TV and work? That's the Xbox Series X. It does it. Sorry, by amenities, you mean from a performance perspective? So I mean yes. things like... Uh, ray tracing. I mean, things like 4K that is actually reliable. I mean, up to 120 frames per second um, speeds and definitely 60 frames. I mean, like super, super, super fast load times. And there are a few things that honestly, it does better than my very high end PC. Um, the big one being switching between games. Yeah, um, yeah the quick mm, resume. Quick resume is all I hear about. Which, as somebody who has a short attention span, <clears throat> and loves to bounce between games, especially more arca- arcade games uh, over the course of an evening. I love it. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, Fresh, what do you think? Because I, I, I don't think it's a secret that I'm pretty high on, on this console. Yeah, you're an X-Bot. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> uh, okay, so before it arrived, I was definitely like questioning, hey, who is this for? What is the purpose? I think I would second plant statement, which is to say like, it's actually kind of perfect for me. We've talked about it before, how I'm running on a 1080 graphics card and Watch Dogs like <laughs> yeah. shit the bed when I tried to run it. I played Watch Dogs last night. Uh, unlike Assassin's Creed, which we'll get to, uh, Watch Dogs runs at 30 frames per second, but it's like a buttery 30 frames per second. Like doesn't, on, series, on the Series X? On the Series X. Huh. Um, well, it, it has ray tracing on like... Yeah, Assassin's it's got Creed. like a lot of belt. It yeah. looks very nice, but... That is really the like use case for me, where I know for sure that my current computer cannot run um, new 3D games. It just can't, um, or at least not well. And now I have this thing that I know for sure for the next three, probably four years, I'm going to be able to run these new games. Maybe it's not as good as like the NVIDIA 5000 series that comes out in two years, but certainly stably and smoothly, I'll be able to run all these games. And I'm and I'm paying five hundred dollars versus the like, value proposition seems like out of out of this world. Like so, so for what you get yeah. for five hundred bucks, it's it compared to what it would take to create a similar PC. It's like not even. Oh close. yeah, no, it, it, you're looking at I would say thirteen hundred dollars to make like something comparable at minimum, minimum and yeah. you have to build it. Yeah. What is I'm so I want some perspective from the two of you because I think this is the thing that will and I've heard different takes on this for both consoles and uh, I imagine we'll be talking about the PS5 next week once we all we will. hopefully have our hands on it. What is can you compare the jump from the Xbox One S to the Xbox Series X? Jesus Christ! Can you compare that to the jump that we had from the 360 to mm-hmm. the to the Xbox One? Right? Like it's a what is the generational leap? like this time compared to the generational leap last time it's smaller i think it's a lot smaller 
Okay, that's interesting because I've, uh, I've heard a I lot of people say it's, yeah. it's bigger. I, I, Chris, I, would, what do you I, think? Would, I would say the opposite. I, I think that the general, I mean, <clears throat> they're almost impossible to compare. Uh, and maybe I should, sorry, I'm, I'm in a tangent and hopefully that answers your question. I think what we're seeing with PS5 and Xbox Series X is a fundamental shift in like, what is the value and purpose of a console? And I think PS5 gets at the general, like generational leap that you're talking about, right? Like that's the whole point is to be a big, significant generational leap that powers a certain type of games. Where I think Xbox Series, whatever, going on indefinitely is more about choice. Um, And I do think the Series X will be comparable to the PS5. Um, But it's just not even aspiring to that sort of thing. Like it's not putting games on it that are meant to like flaunt that is meant to be a more powerful means of playing all of your games and for them to look better in the same way that when you update your phone every other year you're accomplishing something very similar it's like a really nice kia like a really nice kia which is to say it is a workhorse it might not be a splashy workhorse but it does the trick i drive a i drive a kia yeah a really nice kia really nice nice Kia. kia Um, I, I do think that the big difference between the 360 to Xbox One versus Xbox One to this is I prefer all these quality of life improvements. I prefer the faster frame yeah. rates. I prefer the faster load times. The, the obsession with like, oh, it's just more graphics, that doesn't do it for me as much anymore. Well, you have a PC that you have a PC that does that stuff. Well, already. not even even that though. Like, I just think games look good. Like, at a certain point, we're hitting diminishing returns. Games look good. Like, games yeah. look yeah. good, you know? We've come yeah, a long gun, way. Gun to my head, like, if there isn't a puddle reflecting something, I can't tell ray tracing is on. I just can't. I'm, I've tried. <laughs> I've really tried. Uh, I agree with Plant. I think performance is the um, the star of this generation, like, running games smoothly and well is the star. Uh, I also agree that it seems like Sony is trying to push those boundaries a little harder um, in terms of what their hardware can pull off, but... Um, but it's the features that like I actually because I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Like uh, for me, performance in terms of like frame rate is more important to me than like how games look because that's the thing I can actually like. It's very discernible the yeah. difference between a 30 and a 60 and a 120 like game. Uh, for me, it's like the feature set of them, and that's where I think the comparison gets interesting because the the PlayStation Five doesn't quite have that like quick resume swap between games feature necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it does have, you know, the the integrated uh, hard drive and the like wild fast load. Like I feel from what I have heard, obviously, we'll have a better picture of this next week. But that is like the more sort of standout feature for PS5. And because they have, you know, first party launch games, they have games that are better at like uh, showcasing that stuff. What was the first thing that you guys did when you got your uh, Xboxes? That actually goes to to what Griffin's talking about, and a thing that I do like about the Xbox uh, a little more than the PS5. And we'll talk about the many things that are excellent about the PS5 next week. Here's the point. Backwards compatibility on Xbox is closer to a PC, which means that it will actually upgrade how it works. Yeah, It is not right. how it works on the PS5. Yes, games on the PS5 will effectively need to be patched to really make use of it, whereas there are a lot of games on Xbox that just like automatically. The fact that really Crackdown came out in what, 2005, 2007, something like that. And the fact that like it upreses automatically and unlocks the frame rate. Crazy. That's that's because it's coming from like the, you know, Microsoft PC world. Like they have the infrastructure to handle 
uprising like that where it's more of a sort of specialty case I feel like on 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 PlayStation. I think that I think that actually discounts like the work that was done. There's also years of work on backwards Absolutely. compatibility yeah. to actually make sure it works. Yeah. I think it's just a prioritization of resources. I know about the consoles. Um I'm a game I'm a gamer. <laughs> uh I was not specifically aware of that distinction you just made it's weird to me that in the lead up to these devices especially when they knew the floor was falling out on the games that they weren't like hitting those marketing notes harder like the those would have been my beats that i was like circling around is like and i know that it's hard to do that because you don't want to be backwards looking when you you know you're trying to sell a new box but i feel like that's a pretty big selling point especially since like for a while we don't have new stuff what's on the horizon for for Xbox, like what's the oh yeah what what is like the big (laughs) what's like the next first party game like what's the thing that people have to obviously like you know you got your your halos and what have you but like i feel like i as a person who is fairly plugged in like i don't even know like what is the killer app that people are looking forward to in the near near future i think i don't think anyone would argue the fact that like microsoft um studios game development has been very light which is obviously why they did that Bethesda uh, acquisition which such a huge deal which solves a lot of their problems but you're right like outside of Halo there like aren't a lot on the horizon that are like quote Xbox games and Halo will be a Halo will be fall yeah and but not even everything that I've everything that you see about Halo though like doesn't get me that inspired about Halo. So, like, even that is uh, hearing about, like, you know, the the yeah. But Halo's Halo. I mean, like, Halo's a, b- a massive thing. Everybody's gonna play. But it. that doesn't guarantee it that out. it's gonna be. It. I, I very little has inspired confidence in me about about Halo because of what the, you know the turnover at the studio and what they've shown off not being like especially ambitious. I think even forgetting Halo, I think this is true of both Sony and Microsoft, and honestly, Nintendo right now. Until the pandemic is under control and like right. we know how markets are going to work and we know how timetables are going to work for development, I think you're seeing everybody staying buttoned up about committing to anything. So sure. I, I don't think we'll know what's coming out for any of these consoles until basically the market stabilize and these companies feel comfortable. I mean, again, the same reason we don't know literally anything about Nintendo beyond like December 12th. Yeah. yeah. But they couldn't even, but they couldn't, I mean, they couldn't even get one. Like that's, the, that is <laughs> the thing I keep coming back to is I, I will get a Series X at some point. Like I, I love, you know, me boys, I love tech, yep. but like <laughs> for PlayStation 5, it could just be Demon Souls. Like it could just be, and that would like something to hang my hat on. Sure. Or just like, I am getting this box so that I can play this thing. And while I will certainly play the hell out of some old, you know, 360 games, uh, when I get that Series X, it's like not, I, it yeah. doesn't feel imperative in the way that PS5 does. This this is okay, but this gets at the point of it for me, and this is why I think that like it kind of makes sense. Is I was thinking about this because the iPhone 12 is like circling around mm-hmm. the world uh, currently. The mini, I think, are, are going to start coming out. Uh, well, uh, this week is where as, as you're listening to this, um, I, there is not this pressure of a killer. Like you, people view, and I know this is like a dumb comparison, but like people use the uh, upgrade their phones constantly, and it's. It's never for, it's almost never for like this giant thing they couldn't do with the old phones. It's just to be viewing the device as part of their, you know, digital Mm. life for lack of a better term. And the big, big, big quality of life improvements are the selling point. I mean, that that, if you, if you contextualize this like a phone, like 
uh, your all the things you do on it will be faster and better. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's well, the selling point, and that is, that that has been enough for people to keep upgrading their phones for a decade. And this yeah. is for way more right? than any like, phone in existence. Yeah, right of course. Right, they still play. They play. You make the calls. You tell the time. You look at tweets on the toilet. <laughs> like it, it is the same basic experience from the beginning. It's just like the quality of life stuff is constantly yeah, improving, yeah. and like that's. I mean, that's what these boxes are. I also think for our audience, for a lot of our audience, PS5 is like the clear choice, right? If, you, if you're somebody who listens to a video game podcast and you play a variety of games, you're probably going to do what Griffin is talking about and like go pick up another Xbox at some point. Maybe it'll be the Series S or X. Maybe it'll be a next generation. But right now, getting these like exclusives is well worth it. But if you are like, I would assume, the majority of video game players and you play Call of Duty, Fortnite, Madden, maybe Grand Theft Auto, and maybe a few other things. Yeah. What's the difference, right? That's, like that's, that, that's the big thing I keep coming back to. And it's like, I, I'm excited for the PlayStation 5, and I think about it as like, that's probably going to be the console that I play games with my friends on. Like, that's probably where we're going to land just because we all landed on PS4 this last generation. And ultimately, like, that's the thing that matters to me. But all I play... And all anybody plays for the most part is games of service games. And I think Sony shot themselves right in the foot last generation by proving like, hey, you guys might not be the most dependable ones to to like put all of my life hours and stock into playing Fortnite or Destiny or whatever if you're going to be like hyper protective in a weird old fashioned way mm. about that stuff. Because yeah. if, if the, if the Xbox plays that shit like really, really well and has like all of these quality of life features and also is not going to lock me down arbitrarily, like maybe that is the better option. I feel like launch lineups for the future, or at least the foreseeable future will feel more like this. What's happening right mm-hmm. now. than we, I think about VR a lot where like VR couldn't get traction because it never got the, you know, the, that one thing that you had to play on it. And I feel like we are going to start. And why is that? Cause it's like very expensive and the base isn't there and it's expensive to make a triple a game with, with the base size not being there. I feel like the, the, the reason we don't have the huge launch lineup is probably in, in part COVID for sure. But like also it's really expensive to, to make games for a console and when the console base isn't as big it doesn't make sense yeah. so like these games that like bridge the gap and those being the experiences that you look forward to i feel like that's going to be because games are getting so expensive to make i mean and just getting more and more expensive i feel like that is go- the, the launch lineups for the future will look more like this where it's like you people start focusing on the quality of life improvements versus the like what new yeah. games is the uh, are the other people left out? Can of? I can I talk about the controller? Um, because yeah, I, I do please. Wanna... Yeah, please, please, please. Okay, so I do you have it? I wish you'd start bringing this stuff, Russ. What? Do you have it with you? Oh, you want me to like hold it in front of the camera? I would no. like to see it just for me. <laughs> I mean, I imagine look at it looks photo. indiscernible from a <laughs> it looks like an Xbox. Look at a I, well, I, okay, I don't so, believe that you have. But it. that's the point. Is like it it, it looks. I would say very similar to an Xbox controller. There are definite definite improvements. They add like grippies on the back and the D-pad <laughs> is much, much better than it was in the last generation of Xbox controller. And I would say like that controller I use on PC all the time. It is a workhorse. You plug it in, it works like guaranteed. It's like very on brand with the rest of the Xbox lineup. It does feel though, especially having used the PS5 and we'll talk about, I've talked about it before. We'll talk about it more next week. It does feel like after seven years, 
Xbox could have maybe reached a little further than they did. It feels like very safe. Um, it's a very, very good controller. It's a controller I'm happy to use, but it's, I was thinking of other like past generations and in terms of like generational leaps controller wise, it's maybe the smallest generational controller leap I've ever seen. Um, if you compare it to like, you look at like GameCube to Wii to whatever, those are pretty weird, but even like PS3 to PS4, PS4 added like a touchpad and the glowing light and other little doodads. And this is really just a slightly redesigned Xbox One controller, which again, not bad, but I do think the uh, hardware improvements that Sony made to their controller is going to be a big deciding factor in some of these like really experiential games, especially if third parties uh, start taking advantage of those features, which as a matter of fact, they seem to be um, like adaptive triggers and stuff like that. Um, just real quick, I wanted to go down because we, we touched on it, but I think it's worth mentioning. I'm looking at a list from, um, the Imagine Games Network about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the Imagine Games Network about, um, the, uh, Xbox exclusives. Mm. So like, here's the stuff that we still know, almost no time frames on it. And these are all but, coming um, to PC as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Right. I, I would assume, yeah. yeah. As Dusk Falls, which is like a, um, it's like a Quantic Dream style thing. Hell yeah. Avowed, which is a new, that's a new Obsidian Entertainment IP. It looks kind of like Skyrim-y. You know the one? No. no. Um, okay, they, yeah, they did it, it, it at one of those showcases. Yeah. Um, Echo Generation? Don't know what that is. Uh, Everwild, that's from Rare. Yeah. It's a new Rare thing, Everwild. Um, Exo One, Exo Mecha. We are the both of those are things. Um, Fable, maybe at some point. Yeah, it's made maybe. by Playground Games, who has made yeah. fantastic uh, Forza games. Have they actually announced that? <laughs> I think they did finally announce it last E3. Um, Forza probably at some point. Puyo Puyo Tetris Two, <laughs> uh, State of Decay Three, Sasuna's Saga, Hellblade Two. Scorn, tell me why the new don't nod thing, the medium from Bloober Team. That's it. I feel like a lot and of Halo the, and Halo. Obviously. I think a lot of those could be really cool. Like this is how I feel about it. Xbox Series X, I feel like has a lot of potential, both from like the hardware side and the infrastructural side. But also, like I didn't know most of those games existed, and but there's some big names attached to them. So like maybe we'll get maybe this will be the console of like surprising unknowns and like surprise killer apps whereas like the playstation 5 i think we all have a pretty good grasp on what's going to be coming out on that in the next year or so sorry there's a few more on here i just want to mention that i missed earlier because they were highlighted green for some reason crossfire x from smilegate if you guys know what any of these are please crossfire x is the weird remedy multiplayer slash shooter thing yeah okay uh, I don't think we need to read any more of these. I, I think Psychonauts two. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sea of Thieves. I, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, just to like put That's a bow cheating. on it. The ascent. I think with these games and with Game Pass, which we've talked about a lot, is a very, very good deal. Um, especially if you're a sort of person that like is not going to buy a game every month, but just wants to like stay in the loop on things. Um, I think the Xbox is like a very solid. Uh, dependable choice um i don't know that it's necessarily going to be the like you're gonna get it and it's gonna blow your mind the second you plug it into your tv um but um especially if you don't have a decent gaming pc right now it's a great 
spot. And Plan is making yeah. all sorts of emoji faces. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta move on. Moving on, uh, we're gonna talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla right after this. Stay tuned, y'all. You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. The Creed is back, and uh, uh, we're taking it to Viking country this time. Well, sort of. We're taking it to Viking times, and then the Vikings leave Viking country to go eat England. <laughs> you know, their big mutton legs and their axes. <laughs> okay, can I start? Because sure. uh-huh. I played a lot of it. I don't know. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is, I would say, if you're looking, if you think of like, I, I tend to chunk off the Assassin's Creed games into like big sort of like swaths of them. There's like, there, there's big steps, and then there's little steps. I would say this is a uh, uh, very much in the spirit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where it's much more of an action game. Um, it's action focused. 
uh, obviously still like a big open world, uh, lots of different action cool RPG. Just can, to, yeah, action yeah RPG. I'd say there's a lot of role yes, playing. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, a lot of a lot of like uh, upgrading skills and and well, uh, gear collection and what have you. Yeah, a lot of armor with numbers on it in a way that uh, is sort of a pet peeve of mine, but I think is handled a lot better here than it is in say like God of War or. Honestly, the past Assassin's Creed games. Um, it is a. I'm trying to think of the best way. Like, if if you wanted to, like, know, I th- I feel like you kind of already know if you're going to play one of these. Um, I, I would say it, it is much more an evolution than a revolution in terms of Assassin's Creed. But a lot of stuff has been uh, refined. I think in a way that uh, makes the experience a lot smoother. Um, the combat, I would say, is one of the big things that I felt like was was uh, a, a big step up. There are, um, in addition to your, you know, your like stealth uh, stuff, there are abilities that you can map to the different face buttons. Uh, if you pull pull left trigger, they're like ranged abilities, and right trigger, they're like melee abilities. You can have four mapped there, and you have to find these skill books in the world. And those really do, and you basically fill up adrenaline by doing a bunch of attacks, and then you can do one of these specials. Uh, these special abilities. And I thought that was a cool way of really mixing up combat to make it feel uh, different. There's like a skill where you can highlight a bunch of enemies and then let it go and you'll shoot arrows at all of them. Or like uh, you can just chuck a bunch of axes at people or uh, do a ram and where you can like knock people off the uh, uh, the thing. There's even like a little scorpion pole. Yeah. You want to fling your, your scorpion thing. Just on, on that specific, just speaking to the combat, um, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game since four. It's probably, it's been like seven years. You missed Odyssey? You skipped I skipped those? Odyssey. I didn't play Syndicate. Like there was a bunch of Assassin's Creed games I didn't play. Syndicate. So it's very cool. weird for me to jump into one and see like what's changed and what hasn't. It's been very interesting. Um, specifically on the combat. And I agree with everything you said about the abilities. They're very, very cool. One thing I remember about um, combat in four Assassin's Creed and like a lot of the older Assassin's Creed games is you basically stand in the center of like a bunch of guys and you wait for them to attack and you counter their attack and then you do an assassination to insta kill them. That was like the combat. And now what they've basically done is made the combat much feel much more direct and um, in uh, like you're more in control of the situation. So as a Viking, I can charge into a room with a giant hammer and just like slam guys down. And that is like an actual strategy you can use. You are not like penalized for using that strategy. In fact, you're almost encouraged because you earn more agility. Uh, uh, what is it? Adrenaline that way to use your abilities. So yeah. you can really whirlwind your way through. And the, and I think based on the theming, because it is Vikings, the combat feels very heavy and very intense. Like you knock guys like off ledges all the time or into walls all the time. It's like so heavy um, and makes me feel like much more direct in directly in control of what's going on, which I really like. Yeah. Can I talk about my one big yeah, favorite addition to the combat really quick? Um, please, yeah. So I love uh, using the bow and arrow. Uh, but in this game, you are like, as Frosh said, heavily motivated to pick up a very heavy object and just bludgeon people with it. Um, but each character now has weak points that when you aim the bow at them, kind of like, you can almost kind of see into them. Like there's like a little sun glowing inside of a different body part. And if you hit that or some of the larger enemies, they have multiple they hobble to the ground and then you can deal effectively like a finishing blow on them which is basically essential as if you are going into areas that are 
outside your current uh, ranking of all of your uh, whatever weapons and uh, gear. And being able to go into a really tough area and just wreck um, bosses that are way outside your range by diving into combat, firing an arrow at their toe, and then like one at their shoulder, them falling down, and then you just taking their head clean off. Um, yeah, feels pretty good. It's nasty. It's nasty. It's nasty. Um, I uh, to continue to stick with like gameplay mechanic type stuff. Um, before we get into narr- more narrative and world stuff, uh, the I-, I feel like stealth is harder than it is ever. It does not seem designed for a stealthy approach into a situation. I feel like I get spotted constantly. I feel like it is not wanting that sneaky like. And as far as I can tell, there's no gameplay incentive for like go clean out this base without triggering any like alarms are very Mm de-emphasized as far as i can see it still happens but it's not like when you got spotted in previous assassin's creed games you there was kind of a running timer in your head like i'm gonna have to find the guy who's trying to call reinforcements because i know it's gonna be a problem here it's kind of like yeah bring him i'm a viking (laughs) so i'll probably just chop all your heads off well it Um, it also has that ghost of tsushima thing of just like challenging like when you roll up to raid an outpost like there's not going to be sneaking that's going to happen that time. It's just basically yeah. a bunch of yelling people with axes just charging forward. At that point, like stealth isn't, you can try and be sneaky about it, but it, yeah. you wicked don't have to. You, you actually have choice in a number of missions. The game just doesn't make it especially clear. It kind of like signals like raid. That's what you want to do, right? Well, I mean, if you, if you wanted to get off your boat and then just try to go it on your own, you, you can do that. But, but wouldn't you prefer to raid with like 20 dudes with hammers? The answer, by the way, is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's, but the crew, the crew in this game is better than it has been. Assassin's Creed has usually been kind of a lonely game. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like me versus the world. The the thing this does cool is like you have this horn that you can blow. It's like, hey, I need some more Vikings up in here, and they'll just roll up like eight dudes. And then the raids where all your Vikings are like doing stuff and trying to help you roll a territory it feels like there's other stuff going on. Like you run through a battlefield and it feels like there is a fight going on that you could influence. And that is actually like not completely dependent on you. There is sometimes those, those situations where it's like, there's one guy you need to kill to finish the mission. And like, you know, you have seven dudes over there and they're just kind of like messing with the guy, I guess, until the boss comes over and gets the final. I would say, Um, I think it's very cool that you can mix those two. I've played like, tried to do missions stealthy and tried to do missions aggressively. So I did one where I had to sneak into a monastery and basically assassinate this guy. And I was able to get, you know, up into the rafters to above the guy that I was supposed to assassinate without anyone spotting me. And that was great. But he had a bunch of guards around him. So while I was up there, I called my raid people, my other fellow Viking friends. They show up from outside. The guards around him leave to go fight them, and I can kill this guy without even being bothered. So you really can mix and match, which is extremely, extremely cool. Um, another mechanics thing that I I wanted to touch on, um, and and I would love to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, uh, the I feel like the skill tree, as it is, skill web, perhaps in this game, is truly terrible, <laughs> and I cannot imagine that it was released in this form. It is. 
one of the worst of these I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. Do you like the sphere grid from Final Fantasy X? Because this is a kind of a bad version of that already pretty bad it, system. It, what Here's what's wild about this thing, is you get experience points, you get two ability points when you level up, and you can just spell, spend those ability points to unlock this skill tree, and the skill tree is really a web of, like, mechanical upgrades uh, that are less substantial, like health increase 1% or, you know, range defense 0.5%, whatever. Um, incremental okay. stuff, health. And then every once in a while along this web, you encounter a larger thing, like uh, you add another thing to your adrenaline bar or you get new abilities, right? Except you can't see what all these abilities are a fog of until war. you're fairly... Fog what? of war. Yeah, exactly. There's a yeah. fog of war on your ability, so you can't tell you get close to them. Also, there's three paths that you can go down. There's like a red that's like melee, and there's ranged, and you know, that kind of deal. But like, there is not a clear delineation of what that means or where you should yeah. spend your points because it's not like all the melee attack upgrades are up here and all the health yeah. upgrades are down here. It's not like that. You encounter both along the path. So you're just guessing. Yeah. But. Wait, let me let me just address that real quick. Yeah. It is I'm not saying it's great. It is a very clumpy, clumsy system. It's not ideal. But they do do one smart thing, actually two smart things. One, uh you can respec at any time for no cost. It's completely free. You can just respec always a show of yeah. confidence in your not, upgrade not great, system. Not great, but still. And two, which was smart, once you reveal areas of the map and then you respec, the, uh, uh, those areas stay revealed. You I can still see those. I know if that's true. I think after you turn off, I don't know if this is still the case, but we were sure. having people test it. And after you turned off the game and restarted, it would go back to having Fog of War over the areas that you didn't respec against. Oh, okay. So I, I, I don't know. Anyway, here, here, here's my point about it. I, I think game designers, and I, oh, I hate being giving instructions to game designers. I'm just sharing my experience of what I see from being with Polygon. You have to recognize that people play your game beyond your game. And by that, I mean, if you make a system like that, and the entire point is, well, we don't want you knowing what's ahead. People are just going to Google it. You've already lost. So like, sorry, that's just not a choice. And now you have people who are playing your game and are getting <laughs> pissed off because they're Googling to figure out how your system works rather than embracing this like, mystery that you're trying to create and i think you do have to like you have to compromise the mystery is a problem but it's also very frustrating to like know that there are like for instance i would see you know you uh, things that reference an additional ability uh, or additional adrenaline bar which i didn't have and didn't know where it was and so i'm leveling up and wanting to customize <clears throat> to the style of play that yeah. i am using which should be the entire idea with a skill tree right and I can't because I don't know where the adrenaline thing is that I'm trying to get to. It's and it doesn't and it's it's so unintuitive. It makes no sense. It's truly awful. Even without all that stuff, even without all the mystery and the unnecessary fog of war stuff, I'm gonna bang this fucking drum any time that a game does this. The first uh, skill point you get, you can go in any of these three directions, right? And mm -hmm. the first nodes on these three branches, and a majority of the nodes on these skill trees will say something like, and this is not like a goof like stealth plus 1.6 yeah and it's like guys i don't know what the fuck that means like i guess it makes my stealth better but you have not i have no context for what this number means or why it needs to be so granular that it goes to like the tenths of a percentage place it drives me yeah. up a wall when it's yeah. like 
and I have just started playing this game and, and the I feel like a good RPG or action RPG has to at least hide this pr- like primordial desire to watch the numbers go up and they're not even cloaking it anymore. Well, the weird thing is they got rid of it with weapons. Odyssey, you know, Odyssey's whole thing was oh, every time you kill somebody you get a new weapon. And they got rid of that, which I think was a great choice. I actually don't agree on the weapons. I've also struggled with like I found a set that uh kind of complimented me and I haven't switched my weapons or armor for that's fine like i think that's a fine outcome of that like i think if i think that's no because i want i want to be able to i want to be able to experience other stuff without feeling like i'm handicapping my my my, myself because i don't have the thing level up and i also don't want to waste a bunch of points leveling something up if it's not going to be something i enjoy using um but you at least know what it you know what it means and you know what it does which is not something that you can say for uh, ranged plus two point one, yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. and it's such it's such fluff. It's so unnecessary. I I, I want to get into the story, but really quick, one thing I want to talk yes. about, and then I swear we'll get into the story. The violence in the game. Very this violent. is Horny. considerably more violent than any Assassin's Creed game. I'm curious how it all hit you. Yeah, not great. Uh, there is a assassination, uh, not even an assassination. It's like one of those stun final blow hits where the guy reaches his hands up in front of him to block himself, and you bring an axe down <laughs> into his head, cutting off both of his hands in the process. I literally have this in my notes. The it exact is same yeah, one. Not, and and not, not only that, they're both they smiling. Also, you loved it. You're nasty. <laughs> the, the, the one that I thought was like truly horrific actually was an animal. There's a lynx, which is like a, a wild cat, right? The time sweeper, uh, right? Yes, the time sweeper. <laughs> and uh, you kill the, the lynx, but when, every single time that I have killed a lynx, it initiates the same kill animation, which is the lynx jumps at you. You stab it in the neck with your, with your um, in my case, uh, my, my little axe. It realizes it is going to die. <laughs> so it tries to run away from you. You grab it by its back and stab it again, at which point it appears that it loses its connections to its legs, and now it is pulling itself away by its front arms, at which point you grab it by the scruff of its neck and bash its head in. It's we're, it's cool. We're all agreed on that. The, <laughs> the um all the violence is awesome. I, we need to get to like story and world so we can talk about like overall because I, that is actually where I'm okay. struggling the most. Um, the story is nonsense. I mean, it, it, it's like you're trying to fight somebody. There's it's like, like a, a very have a Viking tropey kind of story, which is to say you're gonna you you're basically c- building an alliance, but with that they have not very super clearly established like the villain and why you hate him so much and why you need an alliance. There's also not a moment where this is actually very interesting. A lot of games like this begin with a sort of all is lost, like huge attack on you and yours, where you're wiped out and it's just you. This is an interesting twist on that, where like you leave your house to go fuck up other yeah. people's houses and that is your plan like i'm gonna go over there and mess things up for them uh because i'm a viking and that's how we do it which feels like yeah natural for like I, I would say broadly speaking the story does not do a lot for me because it feels too tropey and uh non-specific um i think the only times where that deviates and this is kind of a witcher thing is in the like some of the like iso side missions get very weird and yes. funny um and interesting and they're like self-contained 
But the, the second I'm doing any of the main story missions, it's like, oh, this king wants to take over this king. And I'll be honest, like after 10 hours, I just started hit slamming B to skip through dialogue. And I know they work super hard. I feel bad about that. I, I didn't review it, so it's fine. But uh, it, it just like the the like very serious Viking stuff doesn't do it for me one iota. I do think the the moment to moment dialogue is very well written. I I think yeah. the moment to yeah, moment dialogue and is well performed. Very, yes. Yeah, it's funny, it is well performed. Well performed. Yeah. I agree. I think the thing that it's missing that Odyssey had one. I think Odyssey's villain well not revealed till much later in the game was still somewhat clear but odyssey also had the cult pulling you through the game and i think the cult yes. was like for me enough to keep me going through everything where it's like ah this doesn't yes. make sense but i'm sure it's the cult um they do have a similar idea kinda. in this game but it feels very mechanical yeah. um and it actually touches on the other thing i want to say which is like the assassin connection in this game is so tenuous yeah yeah, y'all, it is, I'm not, this is not a spoiler. There are some assassins in it, and they're like, do you want a wrist blade? And the Viking's like, hell yeah. And they're like, anyway, you put it underneath your wrist like this so you can sneaky. And the Viking, which I actually kind of like best. this beat, he's like, fuck that. I'm putting it up here so everybody can see this fucking gas wrist blade I have, which is hilarious. Also, this is more of a connection to assassins than both of the previous games, right? Yeah. Fair, right? Like, yeah. Wait, so it was Odyssey, what was uh, it? And Origins. Uh, Origins. Origins. Oh, they don't right. care about oh, it at yeah. all. What world was Origins? Origins was Egypt, also Egypt, Egypt right? E Origins, Egypt, Egypt. yeah. Uh, Justin just okay. made me think of something when he said he put the wrist blade on. Uh, this game does something really interesting in the same way that uh, Odyssey let you choose uh, to play as a, a man or a woman as the assassin. This game, this game does that as well, but it also offers this hybridized option. Did anybody go with that? Mm -hmm. I did. I did not. Yeah, but no, it, it sounded not, fascinating. It's not basically specific, where, but. It switches between the two characters based on what makes the most sense or has the most sort of like impact or has the most sort of like different stuff because of the character you're playing. So it'll constantly switch you between the two characters throughout the campaign. I thought that was a fucking wild idea. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, yeah, it's, it's inner. I wanted to switch, but I actually just sort of default started with the guy, which I don't usually do, um, especially since the, the female character has been better for the past few games. But, uh, I started with the dude and his performance is just great. Like it's it's like a very he's like the performance is really really good. I'm yeah, sure hers is, is also is good. Really, I'll probably really switch great. at some point because yeah. you can switch yeah. at will. You can switch at yeah. any time, which I think is cool. Um, I do want to mention just the the brief and 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 you mentioned side missions, but there's there and and some of those are really good. There's some that are on an even smaller scale than that, uh, that which I really dug. This they're like world yeah. events is what they call them, and they're just like little weird shit that you come across and some of them are so bizarre like i'll tell you the one that i thought was so strange you meet this viking couple did y'all do this mm, one i don't think so no okay you go to this house there's this viking woman and she's like hey i'm feeling kind of down and you're like what's up she's like well my dude <laughs> there's just not the spark for sex that i used to have and she he's like oh it's a bummer and she's like, yeah, it does suck. It, when we used to raid and stuff, it used to be like very horny and we used to bang all the time and that was so kick-ass, but that's not the case anymore. And this dude's like, against all, anything we know of this character to this point, this character's like, I'll help you fuck, come on. <laughs> and he takes them in their house and they're like, yes, yes, set this house on fire. And he's like, uh, okay. And you start burning their house down. And she's like, this is working. We're getting horny. And he's like, it is It is kind of working. I am kind of getting horny. 
and it's like smash everything burn the house down and then they're eventually like we're so horny we're gonna do it do you want to do it with us we can all just kind of have sex and it's like i'm loving that i'm actually loving the energy right now but i am gonna go ahead and move along and they're like okay bye and you leave it's, yeah. that's, a, that's a side uh, mission. I mean, that's the mission. You they're all that. very, very weird. It's it's really great. They're great. Yeah. You meet a dude sleepwalking who's just walking around sleepwalking, <laughs> and you follow him, and you get to the end, and they have this thought about <laughs> this discussion of anxiety, <laughs> like how it's important to have restful sleep. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, no connection to anything else, and he's like, oh, oh, there's a chest over there if you want it. I kind of led you to a chest. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, great. I'll grab this chest before I go. Those are really neat and make feel... They make walking around the world feel uh, interesting. Um, but overall, okay, this is what I want to say. The thing I'm struggling with and the, the thing I need you guys to, to weigh in on is um, with all these components, I still feel kind of more milk toast on it than I thought I would. I feel like there are real uh, peaks and valleys, real ebbs yeah. and flows where – I'm in it. I'm enjoying it. I feel like the pace is kind of messed up. Like there's, t- it's too often you'll get like 30 seconds of action and then like I need you to go over to another place and like the flow is kind of constantly interrupted in that way. I feel like there's way too much uh, traversal in this big open world that isn't always like the most fun to uh, wander around. It doesn't have that kinetic sense that like city-based Assassin's Creed games have had where it's like just fun to to run uh, yeah, around. Yeah, I want to talk that. about the world real quick, and I know we're running a little long, but yeah, please. this is this was the big turning point for me. Uh, when I started playing the game, I was like, holy shit, you start the game in Norway, uh, huge like fjords and giant spiky mountains, and it's like an outrageous map. And I was like super jazzed about that, but I knew that there was another map coming, and there is, spoiler alert, you go to England, uh, you know, within the first like six hours of the game. And the... When I was playing in Norway, it was like, wow, this is like Breath of the Wild. Like, this is more about the environment than it is like the individual, like, human, like, Assassin's Creed-y stuff. Um, and then you go to England, and England is predominantly, like, rolling hills and maybe little mountains here and there, and then, like, little cities. But generally speaking, like, it's pretty... Sa- I've been, like, all the way north, all the way south. It is very, very similar throughout and you don't even have those, like, like in early Assassin's Creed games, those, like, cities that were, like, very different from one another, Florence versus wherever. You mm-hmm. don't really have that. There are cities, but they're much smaller and kind of more uniform. And it... A lot of marshy yeah, lot of, areas, too, that are, like, a bummer right, not, to, not to, to traverse, it, just not I, fun. I, I was just really disappointed that, like, the environmental diversity didn't match what Norway sort of promised, which is, like, holy right. shit. Like, climbing mountains in Norway feels amazing it is like you're on this spiky precipice in the middle of nowhere and you could see for miles and miles and you just never never get that in england which is kind of a drag can i real quick i I would love to hear just overall how it's working for you like that's what i that's what i was trying to get at i don't know it's kind of fun but it it peaks and it, it you know i think it's like a very good game but does not feel like I was hoping for more of an evolution over the Assassin's Creed model. And really once I got to England, it felt like a return to games that I've played many, many times before. If we hadn't played, if we hadn't played Odyssey, then I think that this game would like really knock your socks off. But I think that it's, it's, it's well, just no, not well, as I think that's the problem yeah, is fair. I think the game that Russ is wanting is Odyssey. I think, I right. think this game tries to tie together what Odyssey did with the Assassin's Creed formula. And like, 
that is in the camp that you grow. It is in the environments that you go around. It is in like bring back weird things from previous games, like the chasing the flying tattoo uh, sheets, like the music sheets in previous games. Even the there are um, VR platforming puzzles, uh, which are done in third person in this game, but are very clearly uh, inspired by the first person version of it in Assassin's Creed Revelations. Like this is a Assassin's Creed game for people who like the entire series, uh, for better and for worse. Um, all right, Amos stuff is very light too. That's what, that was one of the of, things. Of uh, okay, j- one of the questions that we got from a few people and Jim Redding on uh, Twitter asked basically like, "How do you feel about the split timeline stuff and how it is integrated in this game?" I felt terrible about it literally from the first Assassin's Creed game and continue to do so. I I do not give a fuck about Desmond Miles and all the other people in modern day do not give a fuck i think it's one of the things that could make this franchise really special and they haven't capitalized on it in probably five six seven years um i feel like the problem with this one and it's been i think recurring for a while is it's so infrequent that the animus is in any way mentioned or brought up or visited or taken out of that it feels like an absolute momentum killer it doesn't feel like you cannot keep up with the character's there when you're checking in on them every six to eight hours like it's just not yeah uh, it's not something that i am an anomaly you're you know you're constantly i've always liked this stuff oh my god i even even the revelations thing which is the weird first person like trying to do a john updike short story stuff i love it i think it's much better now um because it is so much it's not used nearly as much the other thing though is i think they're they're smart assuming they're doing with Valhalla what they did with Odyssey, which is they know that not everybody loves this stuff, but the hardcore players do. So they save a lot of it for the DLC. Mm-hmm. The Odyssey's DLC is where you really get into um, the wild what shit. is happening outside of the Animus. Um, Werewolf Lesbian on Twitter also asked, uh, any LGBT plus content? And yes. Yes, quite a bit, actually. But um, the game is kind of sexless in a weird way. Yeah. Compared to Odyssey, yeah. we just just told a short story about fucking well, burn, that's burning. That's the thing is, it, it's like jam. silly, but not like anything else than that. Most of the time, it feels there have kinda, been a uh, couple of LGBTQ relationships um, th- that have been either alluded to or directly referenced that are treated very matter-of-factly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's not like they hang a, a lantern on it. I mean, it's just sort of. Um, it gives the Vikings, and I don't have no idea if this is true, but I, it makes them feel like sort of progressive in their uh, uh, their values in the sense that like there's not a lot of mores. Yeah, or hang-ups, it doesn't right? feel like, there's st- not a, a sense of like, ooh, you like boys? Like there's, there's and when no, I say sexist, I mean thing. across the board. I'm not just talking about like LGBTQ stuff. I'm saying I just think it's just kind of it doesn't seem to be the interest of the game. Yes. I love that there's a slider, there's a switch in the menus that say um, nudity. Uh, do you want nudity on or off? Um, and then there's a descriptor of it. Um, uh, and it says, uh, decides whether or not characters appeal fully clothed, uh, as in uh, naked females. <laughs> it's like, okay, or top, topless women. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, oh, no, that's interesting. Yeah, no, okay, the cool. There's no dongs. Really quick, 
There's no dongs, don't worry. Uh, Caroline asked, uh, how approachable is the new AC for casual, not very good players? I like the old AC games because I can pick them up. Play without spending hours feeling like I'm awful at it. There are so many sliders it's in this wild. game. Yeah. Whether it's making yeah. stealth easy or making difficulty easy, um, turning off the gore, turning off, I mean, variations of gore. Um, if you are looking for... Uh, an opportunity to get back into the series. I think this is the most accommodating. Yeah, and you, yep. I'm playing on a default difficulty in terms of the combat, and I, I honestly have considered turning it up a little bit because it's just, and I'm rushing in and just smashing yeah. everybody with axes, yeah. uh, and I'm finding it very. I easy. turn the stealth all the way down, like to the easiest level, because frankly, it's just kind of annoying <laughs> to be spotted by enemies and not really know like what their vision cone looks like. There's also exploration difficulty. Yeah, you choose right up front, which I thought yeah. was kind of cool, like how yeah. much information. Hey. You yeah, what are you? What else are you playing right now? Um, I, I'll go real quick because okay, I've only had it for half a day. Uh, is or I guess twenty four hours now is Destiny Two Beyond Light new expansion just dropped yesterday, uh, and I haven't like finished the campaign. They added a whole new basically element type uh, on top of the three that were already there and have been there since the launch of Destiny One, which is pretty ambitious. But like I haven't even unlocked that class yet on my main character because you do that uh, when you finish the campaign. So. I'll probably have more to say about it, but it is, it's always so fucking nice to return to Destiny because that game is still the best feeling shooter that exists in the world. Yeah. And even without like getting a full, full deep dive into what they've done differently with character customization and everything, which it seems like they've opened up the gates even more and let you define how you want to play and make your character. Uh, just playing that game after taking a break. And just like popping the heads of some aliens and like jumping around and throwing abilities around is like so fucking fun. So I'll yeah. probably have more to talk about, but that's that is out. Um, I played Control on Switch last night. I, I just like found my way into the eShop and noticed it there, and I remember hearing about it because it runs off the cloud, and I hadn't really right. tried anything like that on Switch before. It was the best cloud gaming experience I've ever had in any video game ever. It huh. is unbelievable sorry i'm confused it's on it's on switch but it's so on the cloud? so you play it on switch but it is I'm not powered by a cloud connection like you would you know with any other cloud service so the so the install file is not on your switch you're basically just you're streaming it streaming it you're streaming it this um, is yeah it um playing a like full-on triple a console beautiful console game at 60 frames per second on your handheld switch is a bizarre trip yeah um, Here, i i tried it too does it cost full price is it uh, 60 bucks I, I think it's 40 something i but there's a demo so if you want to just try right. it out you can just try the demo um so this that. is what i wanted to ask russ yeah. is because i tried this too and the demo is free to let you see basically if you have a juicy enough right internet pipes to make it work i could not there's like a little um you know like wi-fi icon in the top corner yeah. to show you like how strong your connection is uh, and it goes up to four bars. For whatever reason, I couldn't get it past three, and I have like a really good connection. And it introduced just enough like input yeah, sure. lag that it it I I did not pick it up, even though I would be interested. Yeah, so. so I would say definitely test it out. I think it's heavily dependent on how close you are to the servers. I'm sure there's a server in New York. There might not be a server in Austin, and that might be the differentiator uh, here. Do you think West Virginia? What? There's, <laughs> West Virginia oh yeah, no, that's where actually the server farm is in West Virginia. So you're fine. <clears throat> yeah, I've okay. Well, we I finished farming. 13 Sentinels. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. We will talk about it on Make the fun. Game of the Year episode. <laughs> and somebody else needs to actually play, play the it. game. I'll play it. Please. I, I played play it. it. You yeah. guys all played it. Oh I played gosh. it. I read. I should yeah. say I read it. <laughs> um, the, the ending is absolutely fantastic. I 
Yeah, I bet you couldn't. It's a. I hear it's a real page turner. You just can't oh, put it down. It's RTS um, at the end. <laughs> sure, reading this. <laughs> shit. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, that is going to do it for us for this week. Next week we're going to be talking about the PlayStation Five. Uh, let me check. Do a quick tracking update from Jeff. Hasn't shipped yet. Supposed to be here tomorrow by 10 p.m. Hasn't shipped quite he's yet. Fitted, he's so putting the don't... finishing touches on it, old Jeff. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, but <laughs> we'll be back with you. If you've got questions about PlayStation 5, send them to us. Mail at Bessie's.fan. Bessie's.fan is the uh, uh, URL you can choose to share the show. Uh, we're on Twitter at the Bessie's Pod. That's also where you can find a link to our mailing list. Uh, please share the show with people. Um, we would love to do more besties, but that relies entirely on you letting everybody know about this program. So if you could do that, uh, it would mean a lot to us. Uh, but that is going to do us for this week. So Russ, you, no, just I was, add? you had double no. horns up. You're just about to rock. I'm, I'm, um, I'm genuinely excited for you guys to actually play the PS5. It, it, I'm like really curious what you guys think. Sure. I, I'm looking forward to it. Assuming, um, assuming Jeff. Jeff makes it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That is going to do it for us. Be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? It's a Spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!